Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pachery, with me this week. On the first Matt Madness podcast of 2018 are my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. What's up, Pat? <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live himself. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Alo Aaron Lloyd. Welcome to the show. We have no pay-per-views to review. We have no pay-per-views to preview. Might be a pretty brisk show tonight. I don't really know how much anybody's got to say about how much has happened on these shows this week. But before we get into it, uh, check out Falls Count Anywhere with Derek and Russ. Check out The Perfect Edge with Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. If you want to go back and listen to some of our unsanctioned episodes, our throwback episodes, we have a lot of good content that's waiting to be gone back and looked through. Uh, Five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes, huge help. Uh, every one of them is important to us. Alo, would you like to move any merch before we get into the show? <clears throat> yes, if you want to embrace the match, you can do so at whatamaneuver.net. And also, for the New Year's sale from January 1st to January 9th, you can head over to collarnumbo.com with select styles being 50% off. And you can also get an extra 10% off by using the only promo code that's valid, and that's promo code MADNESS. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, so 60% off off select styles with the promo code MADNESS. And also, you guys head over to Russell Crate and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off your order there. And Ron just talked about iTunes reviews. We just got two new ones, but nobody left actually any comments underneath. But whoever left those two five-star reviews, we really do appreciate it. I did not notice that. Thank you very much. Whoever you are that anonymously gave us a five-star review. Not looking for any praise, any credit. Just wanted to get down to the brass tacks of giving us a five-star review. So it's my second week in a row on the show. I would just like to say, somebody's not here. Happy birthday to our good buddy Joey. (laughs) We miss you here today. Yes. C.K. and Joe Rodermel turns, I believe, 37 today. Mm -hmm. Doesn't look over a day over 25. No. If that. If yeah. that. <laughs> and if you and if you want to see the birthday boy, you could head over to head over to Preps <laughs> YouTube page, Elroy Preps, and then check out some of the Matt Madness vlogs. Trust me, ladies, you will not be dis- be disappointed. <laughs> Mr. Sexy for a reason, right? Yes. Yes. Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever C Kane Joe Rodermill, happy birthday. Uh, we look forward to having you back here this week. I hope you're having a lovely evening with your lovely wife Denise. So yes, you are missed, but obviously life before the podcast. Is what I always say. Uh, so, before we get into Raw, I'm assuming you guys saw Rolling Stones Wrestler of the Year was The Miz. Ooh. I thought that was pretty awesome. I do too. All puns intended. <laughs> All yes. puns intended, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like really happy for him because to me, I wrote an article about this on TJR Wrestling probably two years ago that he was like part of what I started to hate about wrestling. Ah, the guy from the real world. He just was like basically doing a bad impression of The Rock. And when I started watching again every week, I didn't like him, but he grew on me. And I kind of realized, like, this dude has had that stigma since he started. Like, that people thought, ah, oh, this is just the guy from the real world. A lot of people still do have that feeling about him. 
<coughs> I believe. Yeah, I was gonna say I believe <laughs> Act Two Fly Eric Trembicki included in that. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out in two weeks. <laughs> um, but I started to see, like, wait a minute, this guy's had this, like, on his shoulders the whole time he's been here, and he's become something so much more than that. Like, th- the fact that he's now being billed as, like, the A-lister, like, that's, I don't want to say it's a legit persona because he's not in A-list movies, but he's at all these red carpet events. He goes to big events to represent WWE. It's the best part about it. It's that he's like, in theory, he's like a poser. Right. So that's what makes the character work. Right. Uh, he's one of the best characters in WWE. He's one of the best heels in WWE. He's one of the best talkers in WWE. And I'm glad to see that people are finally starting to appreciate it. Another thing that I think we were uh, early to the party on. Yeah. I feel like we were some of the first guests at the, the Miz coming out party or the Miz appreciation party yeah don't forget we are the official podcast of Roman Reigns we, we are <laughs> we forgot to say that in the intro yes we did Alo, thoughts on that are you surprised that he won wrestler of the year for the for Rolling Stone no because I think he's a lot of what Rolling Stone embodies in, in an entertainer basically like we were I didn't appreciate the Miz as much as I appreciate him for what he was, but when we started the show, it's like I, I liked going to the show. It's like changed my opinion on a lot of things and my views. But like I like look at this guy, like this guy is everything, especially what WWE has become. And then people always get on Mrs. In Ring work, and that's actually gotten better. And you can't deny that. You can't hold the older matches, like older matches, up to him anymore because he's actually like backed it up, backed it up inside and out the ring. And he's arguably the most entertaining thing on Raw or SmackDown wherever he is. Last year when when he was on SmackDown, he was. One of the things you tuned into SmackDown the most between him and AJ Styles, like okay, who do I want to see more? And then the whole thing of Brian talking Smack thing, and he it was it was really good. And we talked about this last year on our first show of, of last year of our predictions, and I'm still championing Miz to be Universal or WWE Champion by the end of this year because Bro- hopefully Brock's not going to be a, on the roster at by the end of the year. And that'll open up that hole because the Miz has also always been a focal. Even when he got drafted, well, sent back to Raw, he was a focal point on Raw it all, in the main in the main event a lot of the time too because he's been the Intercontinental Champion. That's been kind of the title in the forefront. So I'm hoping that the Miz actually gets one more title run because he deserved it. Because even when he was champion before, whether you like it or not, if you go back and watch that stuff, he was over. But nobody wants to remember it because. People hold that whole Cena match and that whole Jerry the King Lawler match. He was terribly booked, but that's not that's not that's not his fault. But he was actually really over back then when he did have the W Championship, and he deserves it more than anybody I think right now on the roster. I also believe he will hold a main title before the end of 2018. Do you agree with that, Prep? Yeah, for sure. And the best part about this is something as small as Rolling Stone saying something about him. He is going to make such a big deal about it <laughs> on the show that it's going to make his character even better. I, be, I believe in, on Raw, they said he's coming back next week, mm-hmm. right? So we'll see next week when he starts talking about, oh, I'm wrestler of the year. Yeah. Like, so a, a couple more things before we move on. But he did already on Twitter, like as soon as it was announced, was announced I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw it. Immediately was like, well, you know, better luck next year, Roman. Like, <laughs> um, what a guy. Which I think is great. Uh, and I think you mentioned talking smack, Alo. Like that thing with Daniel Bryan was kind of what put that show on. Like, I don't want to say on the map, but it like made it what it was. 
was like it became the show that you could go out there and say what you wanted and be who you wanted to be, <clears throat> which I think was important. And I think that's one of the reasons why people miss that show when they took it off the air, when it stopped being on every week. I think that's one of the reasons people was upset was because it became like a refreshing change of pace from the Monday and Tuesday weekly shows. Um, and it's one of the good things about having a podcast. You also mentioned like your opinion changed about a lot of things. I think it's one thing to be a fan who's just watching every week because you're just sitting there watching. You might be talking to your friends about it, but you're kind of just sitting there like, oh, I hate this. I like this. We have to come here and talk every week. I think it does make you think about things that, like at another level where you might look at something you didn't like and be like, oh, I actually do like this or even something you think you hate. And when you start talking about it on the show, you realize you like it. Uh, which has happened to me with a number of things. What do you want to say, Prep? Yeah, so we talk a lot on this show, and last week we talked a lot. A lot. But we happened to miss a few things. <laughs> yes. Get so it, get right into it. I would like to coin the phrase of this new segment, <laughs> Elroy versus the boys. <laughs> <laughs> so 2017 was a fun year for wrestling. And there were a lot of things that we covered in our award show, and there was a lot of things that we didn't cover in our award show. I just think that some of these things need to be brought to the light. So 2017 did bring us ALO, the Festival of Friendship. (laughs) I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to talk about the Festival of Friendship and how good that segment was. The most heartbreaking segment I've ever seen, for sure. So good. <laughs> is, the, is there a T in there? There was a T so, in there. So many. So tea. many. So teas. many. Yeah. So good. Like the way it made you feel. Like you really wanted to feel. You really wanted to cry for Chris Jericho because he was so into it. <laughs> like the way he came out with the with the showgirls just dancing with the yeah. with the Vegas hat and smiling. He was. You couldn't sell that any better. Kevin Owens was just like, "What is this?" Like. The, that was what was it the get the the birth of Kevin with the yeah. thing and then the, the, the thank you for bringing this up because the the, the place that the, the set just came out on ringside yeah. I can't wait to buy it but it was <laughs> so good and oh that, that was probably one of the top things WWE did in a long time because that segment was a work of art that was the best segment that they've done since I started watching again in 2013. That and I don't me, think it's even close. That for me was probably the best complete segment in eight years. I, I put that against like the time Daniel Bryan inv- uh, took over mm-hmm. Raw with all the yesers in the ring, like all the fans coming in. That and doesn't st- that doesn't stand the test of time. Now it's cringy <laughs> to me. That's just me. I haven't seen it. I haven't gone back to it. So. No, no. Well, they showed it on Raw, I believe, or whatever. Or one of those WWE programming they showed it on. It doesn't hold up to me. And remember when he uh, turned face again from the Wyatt family? Yeah. That segment. Like, one of the biggest pops I've heard in years. That shot, it's like a wide shot of him on top of the cage and literally entire crowd doing the yes chant where I was like, like this is like nothing I've really ever seen before. To me, that was like the, maybe the best reaction. That's my favorite re, like crowd reaction since Austin's music hit when 
Mick Foley won the title for the first time. <laughs> that pop is like one of my favorites of all time. That's coming. That energy is coming up. Yeah. Um, the the other thing that I really appreciate about the Festival of Friendship is they captured an emotion that I think like we probably don't all feel often, but I think we all we all know how bad it feels. And I had like an ex girlfriend tell me this before. Is like the times I would hurt her feelings the worst is, like, when she had good intentions and, like, I'd get mad at her anyway. Like, when she didn't expect me to be... If she did something she expected me to be mad about, she was fine with it. Those darn parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that girl. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that one. Maybe one day. Maybe one day that will rival the Brock and his story on this show. Tonight is not that Um but, like, she would say, when you blindside me with it is when it hurts the worst. And it's true. Like, when you go to someone with the best of intentions and they snap at you, it's, like, a level of hurting your feelings that you don't feel for many other things. And they captured that perfectly. Like you, like Alo said, he's wearing the hat. He's coming down with the showgirls. He put all this effort into it to show his best friend how much he loved him and appreciated him. And then he turns on him. And it's, like... It, it it was one of the more heartbreaking things that they've ever done on Raw or SmackDown. I remember watching and I don't know it how they can and top just it. like in my head, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. Another segment, Ron. Maybe maybe you can speak light on this. Mm-hmm. Another segment that I loved from the year two thousand seventeen when um, Samoa Joe and Paul Heyman that first promo. <laughs> Oh my god. If the Festival of Friendship didn't happen in 2017, that that was my favorite segment of the year. So, that segment was great. One because it was like the most badass talker that they have was going face to face with just like maybe the biggest badass that they have. And one guy is completely defenseless, but he's sending a message to the guy who's supposed to be like the scariest guy that they have. Like, that one, Paul Heyman selling how terrified he was, and two, how much Samoa Joe just didn't care. Have either of you ever watched The Wire or no? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Well, there, there's a scene where Omar, who's kind of the guy, he's known as a stick-up boy, who he kind of goes after drug dealers and steals their money. So the guy who's stealing from the drug dealers is the scariest guy that there is. Um Somebody takes a shot at him on a Sunday after church when he's with, like, his grandmother. And, you know, she gets knocked down and everything, and he's saying, like, there should be a code. Like, on a Sunday, you shouldn't do that. Uh, Like, basically saying, like, this is a time when everything should be off limits. It was like Joe was violating that code. Like, Paul Heyman is like, clearly I'm only the advocate. Nobody touches me. And Joe was like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. It really put over how scary Joe is. And how great of a performer Paul Heyman is. That was also one of my favorite segments of 2017. Halo? Nobody mentioned Ciampa turn on Johnny Wrestling? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. There was so much last week that we glossed over all these great segments of the year. That moment was heartbreaking. Yeah, because I felt for him there, too. But, like, I'm... Takeover's in a few weeks, and I... I want Johnny to win so bad, but I know he's not <laughs> because Chamba's probably going to come back. And knowing in, that. In some kind of capacity. I don't know if awesome. it's going to be after the match or before the match, but in some type of capacity, he's going to come back. 
but I can't wait to see how it happens. I really can't. And the fact that it turned after they lost that, that match to the contender and the way he just beat him up and then it it turned back into what happened to CWC when Trumpa just sat there with his legs crossed next to Johnny as he as he was knocked out. So yeah. good. I think yeah, that was like a perfect contrast to them embrace like that famous moment of them embracing after their match at the Cruiserweight Classic. That's like the perfect contrast, like the exact opposite of that. Like full 180. And you have to give credit when somebody could garner that much sympathy because not a lot of guys can. Yeah. I say that Johnny Gargano as a babyface is what Bailey needs to be. Well, Johnny Gargano's in NXT <laughs> where things are simple and not not well WWE not, could not book that you know, WWE they have the hardest time booking the most simple stuff, but they make it seem so difficult. But Johnny's just it's just organic. And you just you just you just can't not hate you can't you can't hate him. Same thing with Bailey, but they destroyed Bailey because they never do it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Not not worth talking about. <laughs> That's one of the biggest downsides of 2017. Uh, did you have any other stuff from 2017 we glossed over? Yeah, speaking of Bailey, the worst segment of the year. This is your life. Horrible. Absolutely atrocious. And I, I still feel bad. That Alexa Bliss got put out there to have to do that for what it's, what seemed like twenty minutes. Sister Abigail. <laughs> it was bad. I re- I'd rather stare at Alexa than watch the whole Sister Abigail thing. Oh with, with, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, sand, yeah. With um, what was this? It's not sand, not Sandman. Um, Scarecrow. This whole yeah. Scarecrow thing. Yeah. If you if you had to pick a worst match of the year, would it be their WrestleMania yep. match? Mm-hmm. Hands down. Yeah, that's probably the worst match of the year. That or the House of Horrors. Because... No, I think the WrestleMania match was worse. Yeah, because the House of Horrors match, we kind of all went in there thinking, oh my God, what, is, what kind of mess is this going to be? It's not like any of us went into that thinking this is going to be great. I honestly felt like the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton story, up to the, like the week leading up to WrestleMania, I was like, this has been a great story. It's been really well told. It's been told for a long time. Like seeds were planted really early that people so many, didn't. A lot of loop, a lot of loopholes, but it was presented properly. Yeah, it, like it turned into something really good, and then that match just undermined the whole thing with no explanation of why all that stuff happened in the ring. Bray Wyatt might have been the biggest miss of 2017 because it started off so well. Yeah, like I, I, I was cha- cheered for him. Yeah, I was championing the guy when he won the title. I was like, okay, good for him because he's been mistre- he, he hasn't done anything in years, and it's not his fault. It's WWE's fault because they have no idea how to book the guy, and he's a, basically was the jobber to the stars, and he finally got got one up on everybody. And then, like I said, the crowd people like him. I'm not a the, I'm not a big Bray Wyatt fan, but. People always have been been behind him. I was like, good for him. Mm-hmm. I like they actually doing something with him. And throughout the years, I felt really bad for him. But it's right back to the same thing with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. And then my last question: mm-hmm. Is there anything that you want to see in 2018 that you didn't see in 2017? I think like the simplest thing to say would be the Sasha Banks heel turn, which. <laughs> I'm on record as <laughs> I'm on record as saying I'm not expecting it anymore, but that was something I believe we spent all of 2017 and 16. For. Yeah, and it never came. So that's probably what I would say, just right off the top of my head, something that we have not gotten that we've been waiting for. 
yeah, me, I guess it's pretty simple. Uh, Samoa, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, Samoa Joe, title reign, and a Sami Zayn title reign. You're definitely going to get one of those. Or both. You may get both, but you're I think definitely I'm, getting one. I feel like I might get both. Well, I Sooner said, than later, too. <laughs> I was going to say, Sorry, like, the Anna. next pay-per-view? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course I want a Sasha Hill turn, but that's not going to happen because she she's too big for WWE. Um, there's two things I think that's going to happen. An uh, act face turn? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, we know who the real heel in that household is. <laughs> but last year's, last year's first episode, I predicted this, and I was, I might have, I was actually a, a raw off, and that was Finn Balor with Gals and Anderson. Now, it was fun. Oh, my gosh. It was fun on Raw, but I was like, you can't let this go. <laughs> I don't think they are. Uh, you can't let this go. And I said Finn would turn heel. Uh, we'll get to that shortly, but I was like, God, you can't, you can't let this go because these guys are doing nothing, mm-hmm. and this works. The crowd loved it. Yes, please. Let, let's get into raw hour two and three, please. Yeah. and then, <laughs> and then something that I think that can possibly this is like so, this is kind of something I really want. I think that in 2018 we we, we might see a big rise at a 205 live. Because um, Rockstar Spud's supposed to be coming, and I know Ricochet was backstage at um, Raw, Raw, no, SmackDown last night in Orlando. So I kind of think 205 Live might be on a bit of a rise in 2018. But but Vince has to let them go up there and be cruiserweights. He can't just have this quote-unquote soft WWE style. Like, you got to go out there and ooh and ah the crowd. Well, they need there to be a rise because... They're trying to sell tickets for it now. Yeah, because it's only one tour, and that's like those three or four dates. But I think that in 2018, I think 205 Live needs way more of an emphasis on it, and you need to bring in those stars that actually like ooh and ah the crowd, so like you can actually like get behind these guys and actually want to see them. Like I've still yet to watch an episode of 205 Live live. The only one I actually watched was. It wasn't even the whole show. It was just actually like segments. It was like the Sasha thing to make to so, so, I, could, so I could watch it and see your your reaction, <laughs> so I can actually have something to go off of. And I saw the Fatal Five Way in around I think it was around March or February. That's yeah. the only time I actually watched Two Hundred Five Live. The Sasha episode was the only one I watched live. Do you have something you want to say, Prep? Yeah, I mean, there's something that we don't talk about on the show because we're not Dave Meltzer, except. Alo's a little bit, but um, <laughs> Vince stepping away, so everybody knows by now the whole Alpha Entertainment thing. Does that lead to him stepping away and taking a lesser role, kind of handing the reins off to somebody else, or is that just his little side project that he just has his name on and he's not really going to work on it? I think there is a certain egotism that you get when you are as kind of all-powerful as someone like Vince McMahon. And my worry with this is that it's going to be a situation like what Jay Leno did to Conan, where they said at one point, I don't know, let's say it was 2007. I don't know if that's the right year. Actually, it's probably, it was probably 2005. Jay Leno, you know, and Conan made this agreement that Jay Leno would step away in five years and Conan would take over The Tonight Show. Conan was on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. He turned that show into like a legitimate late-night talk show. Five years go by. Jay Leno retires. 
Conan gets to take over, but Jay Leno decides he's going to still do a show on NBC before Conan's. I forget what it's called. I think it came on at like 10 o'clock. Then probably four or five months go by. Conan's ratings aren't immediately as high as Jay Leno's because you're developing a new audience. You can't expect to have the same audience immediately. And Jay Leno lobbied to get his show back, and he did. Probably worked out best for Conan because Conan's now on TBS. He gets to put on the show he wants to put on every night, not boxed in by NBC. But that would be my fear with Vince, is that he will say he's going to relinquish it, and as soon as he's not in control of it, it's going to kill him that he's not, and he's going to worm his way back in. That's what I think would happen. I'm not sold that he's going to say he's stepping away, but if he does, that would be my concern. Yeah. Really what I see is that he's just a big Chris Jericho mark, calling it <laughs> Alpha Entertainment. But Agreed. No, seriously, I, I don't think he's stepping away. I just think it's something that he just has his name on. <clears throat> Everybody talks about how he is so bummed that the XFL failed and he wants to give it another try, but does he really? Like, I, I do think he does, and I don't know if he always did, but I really believe that that 30 for 30 on the XFL where they look back on the failure of the XFL through like very rose-tinted glasses, where he's probably thinking, like, ah, it wasn't as bad as people made it out. It could have succeeded if it wasn't for this. And I really think that he probably believes, like, if we do it right this time, it will work. And he probably sees, he probably senses weakness in the NFL that was not apparent back then. I'm not saying it's going to succeed, but I'm saying he is definitely arrogant enough to think that he can do it. The problem with it, too, is that it can't be what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like this hardcore, like, no-holds-barred football. But in your one product, you're portraying safety and, oh, concussion protocol and all this crazy stuff. And you're just going to send these football players out to just, you know, basically kill themselves on the field? No, that can't happen because then you're... You're contradicting your one. But maybe that it, maybe that does mean he'll step away. Maybe he doesn't want to do PG. Maybe he feels forced to do PG, and this is his way out of it. I don't know. I would love to see him step away from WWE. Like, I've thanked him many times on this show for the entertainment he's given me, for being the best on-screen villain character I've probably ever seen in any any type of entertainment. But, like, you're, you're not doing it anymore. You're not getting the job done. As X-Pac would say, you're not cutting the mustard. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for Vince to go, and I, I kind of hope he does. But I'm not holding my breath. Give it a hunter. <laughs> That's who should be doing it. Um, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's the simple stuff. Like, I know Richie came on here one, on his unsanctioned. He said... Tri- people praise Triple H for NXT, but it's the simplest stuff, and that's, that's all it has to be. The simple in wrestling, everything you're going to see the same storylines for the most part recycled through throughout the years. Every almost every story's been told, but it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard, and I don't know what these Hollywood writers go through to get to talk to Vince or what or what Vince decides to cut or what goes through Vince's mind, but it's not that hard. No, it's not. They make it way more difficult than it needs to be. Um, my one worry with Triple H is, and this is something Max Landis mentions about the Triple H character in that Wrestling Isn't Wrestling video, where he says Triple H's whole story in WWE is 
a guy who isn't quite good enough does whatever he can to make people think he's good enough, but deep down he knows he's not good enough. That's why he always had to cheat to get ahead. But, like, he knows he's not as good as Shawn Michaels. He knows he's not as good as The Rock and those guys. I think a lot of that is very much mirrored in Paul Levesque, the human being. Like, I think he is a very insecure person, and I think you see a lot of that. Like, I remember the the old Bret Hart movie. What the heck was it? Like, Wrestling with Shadows or whatever mm-hmm. that thing was called. After the screw job happened, you could see Triple H backstage acting like he had no idea what happened. Yeah, that's, that, that's popped up on Instagram recently. I think that there's, like... Like, I, the, the issues that I could always sense between, like, him and The Rock back in the day, like, in the late 90s, I always felt like he was kind of, when The Rock was on Saturday Night Live and Triple H ended up on there, too, for a segment, I always felt like there was an insecurity in him that he always felt like he had to prove something, and that's my worry, is that will overshadow a lot of what they do on the show. Like, I think his insecurity might not be a good thing. Yeah, and I stated um, a few months back that whenever he does become on screen, well, take over, he can't be, it's going to be difficult. I think it was at the Survivor Series. He can't be Mr. McMahon because Triple H is a legit wrestler. And he can't just go out here and lose all these matches because he's like, oh, no, I'm going to win this match, and I'm going to win this match. But the difference between him and Vince was Vince wasn't a wrestler. Like, I was, I was actually thinking about the 1999 World Rumble today. Because I, I forgot Vince won that Rumble. But the thing was, he wasn't a wrestler. The, the, the training vignettes were Shane, with him chasing the chicken and stuff like that. But <laughs> that was, like, legit heat because he eliminated Stone Cold and he wasn't a wrestler. Right. You can't do that stuff with Triple H because he's a legit badass. You can't do that. So that's my only real concern with it about is Triple H becoming an on-screen character. Yeah, my hope would be his on-screen character would be very limited. Yeah. Like, he doesn't... I don't need the authority figure to be on TV all the time. I feel like there there needs to be an evolution in wrestling that takes that out of being the main storyline. Adapt to perish. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the Universal Championship was back on Raw <laughs> this week. I thought it was pretty lackluster. There was a pull-apart that didn't need to happen. Again. Um, Ask me if I watched it. Did you watch it? No. Good, you shouldn't have. I did. I told you I watched the good of Raw, and that's it. Yeah. That should be a real thing. It should. I agree. The good of Raw. Mm-hmm. Tune, in, tune into my uh, Twitter feed from now on. <laughs> the good of Raw. And we'll know what the good of Raw is. And the best thing about that is I wonder how long it would actually be. Not long. <laughs> I had about 45 minutes at Elroy Prepson. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brock and Heyman showed up. Heyman kind of did his typical Brock promo saying Brock's getting screwed by doing the triple threat match, but Brock's not scared of anything. The best part of anything that had to do with the Universal Championship was Braun destroying Rhino and Slater. <laughs> and the best part of that was... He's he, our superstar of the year. He's our superstar of the year, and he yes. showed why. Um, but then he gave them each two power slams, and then when the segment was quote-unquote over, he gave them each another one, which I thought was good. Like, I was ready for... I'll never get commercial. tired of that. No. The whole when the crowd riles him up and he just listens to them, I'll never get tired does of that. It again. And I think the running power slam is a perfect move for him because like, nobody really does it anymore. And he does it sim- similar to the way Davy Boy did, put the guy on your shoulder, do the couple steps and do it. But he's so big that just like throwing the guy up and holding him on the shoulder, it's such a good look with Braun Strowman. Especially with Heath Slater, who is so underrated. He really is. <laughs> he is so underrated. 
And the WWE understands that, and they, like, give him things. Like, remember when he beat Seth Rollins? Yeah. Like, they give him little things like that. But he deserves so much more. He does. But I, I thought that this was real. That was the best segment that had anything to do with the main title. Yeah, because the segment with him and Kane backstage was so cringy. Yeah, who's the real monster? Nobody cares. There is Alpha monster? Alpha monster, That was yeah. the worst thing. That was the worst term they I tried to get over. I wasn't over. even going to say it. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Does anybody have any other thoughts on this other than it was lackluster and they wasted a pull-apart segment? Because you can't do it every week. I feel like this was unneeded. They do it every time Brock comes on television. Is he is he necessary ever again after WrestleMania? He hasn't been necessary for a long time. No, he's not. I hope Braun wins. Because yeah, people like... People talk about how, oh, it's good to have an attraction. I'm like, but, dude, it's not 1985 anymore. No, and he's, like, he's not an attraction. Who is he attracting? Like, honestly, and you guys know how much I hate William Goldberg. Do we? Everyone is aware of this. He has two names. Yeah. As much as I hate William, there are people I know who hadn't probably watched wrestling in 10 years that said, oh, my God, Goldberg's back. I'm, I'll have to watch it. Do I agree with wanting to come back to watching wrestling for him? No. But that actually got people to say, oh, he's back. Let me tune in. I don't know. I don't don't hear anyone say, oh, Brock's on Raw. Let me watch it. He's not an attraction anymore. He was at one time. He was an attraction because of the way he looked when he got to Raw. He looked like something else we've never seen. Uh, He tried his hand at MMA. He had enough of a following in WWE that people were like, what is this guy going to look like in MMA? Because he was a legit national champion wrestler. He's a monstrous guy, and he was a draw for UFC for a few years. Unfortunately, he had to bout with diverticulitis. People figured out that he was not actually a great fighter. He got no chin. No, and that was kind of that. It was maybe a little bit of an attraction when he came back for UFC 200, but I don't think it was that big of a deal, and he's not a big deal now, so I think... Using him as an attraction is false. I don't know if you saw, but the Dave Meltzer of MMA area, Hawani, <laughs> predicted that Brock will get a title shot in 2018. Who's the champ? Is Stipe still the champ? For now. For now. <laughs> Who's he fighting in Ghana? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be, a, as you would say, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be a, t- <laughs> a tough go for him. Yeah, I... Uh, that might be one worth watching. Oh, he'd get killed by either one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's what we need to see happen. And then once he loses all of his luster as an MMA fighter, maybe they won't be so enamored with him at WWE anymore. Yeah, go away, Brock. <laughs> yeah, stop chanting that at uh, the Big Show and start chanting it at Brock Lesnar. I'd rather see the Big Show versus Braun Strowman than Brock versus Braun Strowman. Me too. Uh, Intercontinental Championship. Uh, we had Samoa Joe getting a match against Roman Reigns. A DQ would cause a DQ for Roman Reigns would cause a title change. Um, Joe had an incredible promo. I thought this match was incredible as well. Prep, give me your thoughts because I know you've been waiting to talk about this. <laughs> the Samoa Joe promo. Let's start at the beginning. How upset Renee Young was. How upset <laughs> Renee Young was. How great was that? Awesome. She. 
everybody, Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Did <laughs> like, not want to be talking to The this look guy. on her face. And then he starts to go into his promo, and he's just spitting facts. Not really, though, because he lost to Roman Reigns before. We all know that. <laughs> but he's just saying how he owns Roman Reigns and how he owns the Shield. And then the line when he said that Dean's going to be a stay-at-home husband. <laughs> oh, to man. his wife. Did he say <laughs> living his, off his wife's paycheck? Living off his wife's paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I was, so I was watching Raw with somebody, and she's like, but she's always talking about how she's broke on her podcast. I'm like, she just cheap. <laughs> like. Yeah, she's not actually broke. She's not actually broke. She's just cheap. I, I like the match. I thought the match was really good. I don't know why anybody had any complaints about the match. Big match, Roman, as always, uh, on the official podcast of Roman mm-hmm. Reigns. And Samoa Joe delivering. It's a conspiracy, though, because Roman Reigns should have been DQ'd for bumping the ref. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering floor. if that was going to come into play, but it didn't. Yeah. I hope for a rematch at the Royal Rumble. I do believe we will get one. And I, I do believe that that is a match that should happen. Again, big fight feel. Like, this felt like a prize fight to me. Two absolute monsters going up against each other. And really, anyone who's left hating on Roman Reigns, like, I think you're just a bad wrestling fan at this point. Like, if you hate the guy. He did get cheered. He did. Yeah, he, he got actually, cheered. He's been getting yeah, cheered. He's, He's getting more cheers than booze from now. Yeah. But there are there are still those guys, and you guys know who I'm talking about. You know I'm talking to you. They all have a vest in their closet. <laughs> are they in America th- today? I think they might be. <laughs> I I just think the the idea that they boo him when he comes out. They complain about him on Twitter. They complain about him on Facebook. But then they're chanting, this is awesome, during every one of his matches. That really chaps your ass. It does. <laughs> it, like, don't, if you hate him, hate him. If you like him, don't pretend you hate him. Or don't sometimes hate him and sometimes like him. And honestly, his work, his work in the ring has been good for a really long time. He's been having great, consistently great matches for at least two and a half years now, I think. The entire time we've been doing this podcast, he's had great pay-per-view matches. Um... His work on the mic has gotten a lot better. I thought his two segments where he talked on Raw this week were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was very pleased uh, with with the, the Samoa Joe promo was excellent, and I thought the match was really great, and I look forward to seeing that again on the next pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble. Alo, your thoughts on on the match? Yeah, I thought the match was good. I Something I did like was where um, Roman had the stair, the steps in his hand, and Joe was like, kind of like, hit me, hit yeah. me, hit me, but just like, but like a badass. It's like it, yeah. it's a cheap way to win, but he was like, come on, come on, hit me. I think hit he yelled me. at him, finish me. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was a, just a cheap way to win, but it looked so badass. Like, that, that, I, I see prep point, yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. he's great. He's like a treasure on on that show. They have really good chemistry. Like I don't know if you remember towards that. It was either in the middle or towards the end. Samoa Joe is just like hitting him, hitting Reigns while he's on the floor. And Reigns gets up and tells him, like, hit me, hit me. Like that same thing that yeah. Alo was just saying. But Reigns, is, Reigns has really good facials. He has really good body language. Like, people don't give him enough credit. Still, it's been like four years. We had a question about a year and a half ago. And it was like, who do you think sells the best in WWE? And we came to the agreement that it was Roman Reigns. Like, he, because he does sell. People act like he doesn't. People act like because he wins after he takes a finisher, he's no selling. But that's, 
That's not what selling is. Selling isn't losing a match. WWE match, we already understand the style now. It's finisher, kick out, finisher, kick out, finisher twice. Five moves? Pin. <laughs> Five moves? Yes. Yeah. Back, so they couldn't survive in Japan? Right. No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, New Japan don't play that. <laughs> yeah, I really love both of these guys. I am looking forward to getting more matches with them. I would definitely not hate it if Samoa Joe ended up the Intercontinental Champion. As much as I wanted to see Roman go into WrestleMania with the Intercontinental Championship. The ultimate and win, Yeah, I wanted to see that. The Shield is not going to be there with him. Um, so I'm okay with him not holding it, and I'm okay with Joe getting it. And obviously I'd be happy for Joe. i tell you what Shield will be at Mania. <laughs> well, you lead me into the next thing I was going to discuss. There was something... That was <laughs> something that was tacked on to this storyline that kind of has to do with the tag team championships, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jason Jordan is my new, my new favorite wrestler. <laughs> Yo. I, I, I don't even know how I'm going to talk about this. Wait. <laughs> Is this what that you were saying that you didn't want to talk about yesterday? Mm-hmm. This wasn't it for me, though. Oh, really? It wasn't. Okay, well, now I'm really curious okay. what you wanted to know if I popped okay. for. But this segment with Roman and Seth in the locker room, where <laughs> Seth is kind of talking about Dean, and he's got to avenge Dean, and Seth is saying, you know, don't lose your head out there, like, because I want us to still be both champs at the end of the night. And the way Jordan popped between the two of them. Just like his dad. Pops right between the two of them. And he looked like he was about to laugh. Like he looked like he was having a hard time not laughing. And he just says, like, hey, I know all three of us have our problems with Samoa Joe. <laughs> you know? Like anybody cares about his problems with Samoa the, Joe? At the one point, he says, you know, you know, speaking on behalf of Seth and myself. Like he's now, <laughs> like he's now speaking on behalf of Seth. <laughs> and then he tells Roman, and you can believe it. <laughs> and then just walks out. <laughs> and then he looked at Roman and Seth gave each other after he left. Oh, like, God. <laughs> oh, so good. I literally had tears rolling down my face. And I thought that for sure. No, that wasn't it. what you're asking about. That wasn't it. I... To steal a joke from prep, this is the best segment of 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was, I didn't watch Raw live. I fell asleep. So the next morning, I woke up to two texts from X saying, the first one saying, Samoa Joe for talking all that madness 2018. <laughs> and immediately after that, saying, never mind, Jason Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't see this live either. So I'm, I'm like skimming through the internet. I'm like, what, what is he talking about? And then I see this. I was dead. I was crying. Like, it was so f- I watched it again at work today. And I was sitting in my office. I'm, I'm in an office typically alone. And I'm like hysterically laughing to myself. Like, it was so funny. I love this character that they've created. Because he's, um, he's just there, but it works because nobody wants him there. Exactly. And, th- like, Roman kind of, like, berating him and trying to coach him and teach him tag team etiquette. Like, now I have to come out here and defend you because you got yourself in a situation where you're alone against two guys. The daddy's boy chant <laughs> I thought was great. Um, I love this. I, Seth's face during the daddy's boy yeah, chant. I think, I think this is awesome. And the clip. 
from last week post Raw, which I hadn't seen until they replayed it. The only replay I was happy to see on Raw this week was right after he won, going up the curtain saying, I love you, Dad. <laughs> I died at that, too. Uh, I really, really, really enjoy this. Um, I thought the match with him and Cesaro was good. He actually got a win. Seth kind of helped him. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Anybody else with any other thoughts on Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins? I did like at the end how he had to uh, raise Seth Rollins' hand. Yeah. And then he raises his hand, immediately walks away, and Seth yeah. just has his hand up looking at him like, dude, what's up? Like, Oh, God. We were ahead of the curve on this. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah, as, as awkward as it may have been, or like as much as they forced Jordan to have to act too much, they really have figured this <laughs> because it is great. He's just so annoying. And like Seth used the perfect word. He's so self-absorbed. Like he thinks he's doing so great. <laughs> and he's just really not. I think it's awesome. Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. Just walks away. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it was incredible. Um, what, what was the thing you were asking? If I, I'm kind of just, just curious. Dana Brooke with Titus Worldwide. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did pop for that. We will get to that. Um, women's division. We had hashtag Alexa versus Asuka, which I hate that they have to call it hashtag the match. It's super annoying. But I thought this was good. I enjoyed it. Alexa being able to sell how upset she is, how scared she is, how cautious she is, I thought was really good. Um I have to credit John Canton with this. He, I don't remember if he, he might have said this on Twitter, um, that I believe that she has won every one of her matches with an arm bar. And there's a certain women's MMA fighter that was winning every match with an arm bar. Are they subliminally setting us up for Ronda Rousey versus Asuka or no? I don't <coughs> think so. I think they just like how her arm bar looks. Like, she does the rolling arm bar better than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, it is awesome. So it might just be like, oh, this looks really cool. Did you like this match? It was okay. (laughs) I mean, I like Alexa's character work. I'm not like, oh, she's so good in the ring. Like, she's not bad, but her character is great. And her facials and stuff, like, that we always talk Mm -hmm. about. But... Really and truly, I was just, like, trying to get past this last, <laughs> like, this was the end of the first hour into the second hour, and I'm like, all right. And it was a long match, too. It was, like, 15-ish On minutes. Raw, it was, like, two commercial <coughs> breaks. I'm like, uh, I got out of it really quickly. Yeah, Halo. Well, it was good. We saw our champion on television mm-hmm. actually yeah. wrestling, because that, that was the first time she wrestled in weeks. Um, I like the whole dynamic of Asuka versus Lex because I like the fact of Alexa just trying to avoid her and she's like she's terrified of Asuka and now the fact that Asuka's tapped her out she's even going to be more terrified because she actually, actually has that loss under her belt and I know you've been hating this but did you like Alexa with Nia backstage? Um, I did. I loved it. Yes. Yeah that was fine. Well you know why? Because Enzo wasn't actually involved. In <laughs> so yeah. But she was taking soup to Enzo. Yeah that was fine. It made me laugh. Um I just, oh God, I hate that that's what they're doing with her. It, I feel it was, like they could be doing something so much she, better. I, I agree, but it's for what it is, it's actually very entertaining. Is Enzo like legit like sick or something? Yeah, they said that they like <coughs> he showed up to the arena and they wouldn't let him in. Mm-hmm. So he was legitimately sick. Um, so I guess they just use that as part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe they're 
because they had that scare with the mumps a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're like really being extra cautious. Like we don't want any type of illness getting spread in these locker rooms. But yeah, he was legitimately sick and not allowed in the building. Okay, but I did love the fact that she had to run to Enzo <laughs> and had to leave before her. And Alexa's like, "You need to choose me, him or you, um, me or Enzo." He's like, "Well, my soup's getting cold." <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I love that she completely blew Alexa exactly. off for that. Um, we had you mentioned Finn. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, oh, you go. I really want this to happen. I really want Naya and Enzo to go on a date. <laughs> I really want that to happen. Think it could live up to Carmela and Ellsworth's shopping spree? No. <laughs> like I kind of compare it to like I don't know if you guys remember. You guys remember um, Lita and Dean Malenko going on a date? I don't. Oh no God. Bad. Damn, that's so an obscure good. reference. <laughs> so, <laughs> an obscure such, reference. Such a, great, such, a, such a great segment. But I really want those two to go on a date because it would look so awkward. Because Enzo would be like, he'd be like, oh, how you doing? And then he'd see like, Naya be all dressed up and he'll be like, all like, oh, how you, how you doing? And, you know, I think it'll be very entertaining. What do we have over here? Yeah, I, I will give Drew Gulak credit. Yes. For his Enzo <laughs> promo was a million times better than Enzo's Enzo promo. I loved him reading the promo. The, the, even the little touch of him licking his thumb to flip the page <laughs> to read the next page of it I thought was good. I didn't watch the, the Cruiserweight match, though. Um, but you mentioned Finn got to team up with Gallows and Anderson against Elias and the Miztourage. I have to say I love how into hanging out with Elias the Miztourage <laughs> They are loving hanging out with Elias. Their, their music segment didn't hit this week. They're loving walking with Elias. <laughs> now, it wasn't as good as previous weeks. Um, they love WWE. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they said it twice. Um, I hope they don't kill it. They will. They will. That's w- what they do. <laughs> Did they already kill it? Because when they said it the second time, I was like, oh. I don't think it's killed yet. Maybe next week. Maybe next week will be the date on the tombstone. Um, I just can't believe that Kurt Hawkins got a shirt. And they still don't have a WWE shirt, like a Walk With Elias right. shirt. Like, I know he has, like, the concert tee, mm-hmm. but the minute that phrase was said, there should have been a shirt out. Right. They should have, you should have been able to buy it as soon as we're all ended that night. You can hire me, mattmadnessprep <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, hire, hire prep. Yes. Um, do you like, I'm assuming you like Finn with Gallows and Anderson. I do. I am so excited for this because I feel... Like, Finn is overly happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that turn. I just don't want to say it because I don't want it to get in Sasha territory. <laughs> I think it will. I don't. I really think that it's time for him to turn. He has. We're in the era where whether you're a hero or face, it doesn't matter. Your merchandise is going to sell. Look at Kevin Owens. He's always, you know, I always go back and I tell people about that clip where he was like at a house show and he had Roman Reigns in a headlock and a fan was telling him that he sucks. And he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> tell that to my royalty check this week. Thirty thousand dollars. Like there's no reason why they can't turn these guys heel. And Finn, who has never been a heel on NXT or WWE, like he needs that lift already. Yeah, people would definitely go nuts for it. Ayla, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, like Prep said, they were too happy. And <laughs> when you're too happy, that means you're going to turn heel. But like this is like I've learned doing this show, this is WWE. We were talking about I'm not going to put too much thought into it. But they were way too happy. And no, no, none of them are doing anything. 
and factions work. And then they didn't sh- they didn't shy away from mentioning what they didn't say Bullet Club, but they didn't shy away from actually mentioning they were one of the most dominant units in sports entertainment prior to coming to WWE. Yeah. So they're not doing anything. Gal Anderson, they've been Vince's product placement guys for months now. Finn's just been showing up because he's a cool entrance. He flip, flips his collar. This is something for him to do. I think the I think the best way for the best thing for them to do is actually turn heel. I just don't know how, who they would turn heel on if there was like <clears throat> if the shield was still around. I think it would be a nice way to turn heel and turn turn on the shield. But Brock's a champion. I would think it would be a nice way to. I I, th- I thought it would be smart if they would go after the champion because Finn never even got his universal title rematch, right. which he did state. Yeah, the first universal. Yeah, champion. yeah, and that's a that's something he could actually. Hit, hit, on, hit on if he does actually turn heel. And he's, I think the storyline could actually be these guys helping each other. They're coming together to make a statement. Kind of like the New Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like, fac- like factions work. And these guys, they, they are credible. They are credible. And like we do like the club. Gals Anderson, they didn't book terribly, but we actually do like them. Yeah. And Finn Balor's been nothing since he's came back. He hasn't even done anything. So this is actually something good for, every, for all three guys to actually do. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Which, like, as soon as he, as they came on the screen, mm-hmm. my, I had a huge, I had as big of a smile as Finn Balor. I was like, oh, okay, gonna see how this goes. Yeah, because um, it's obviously going somewhere. I think so. Do you think that they're just trying to capitalize on the fact that the Bullet Club is so popular? They should. Well, that didn't do too well last time. They tried to do that with AJ, but they they split them up. That's the thing. They split them up after, like, what, three months? I don't even think it was that long. God, I know in May or June, and then Brunswick was, yeah, might the Brunswick was in July, so it might have been maybe two months, if that. But you easily capitalize off that, whether you call them just a club or, the, or ballot club, whatever you want to call them, you actually capitalize off that. And mer- like Prep said, merchandise sales are not going to hurt because people will, people will cheer for that because especially the new Japan, Japan people, they'll cheer for it too Yeah, because it's what they want to see. And, like, the crowd loved it. Yeah, and they will until it gets bad. Yeah, and those guys all have personality. Mm-hmm. So they do, and I th- I think Gallows and Anderson work much better when they have a bigger purpose than just being the young up and coming tag team <laughs> that Michael Cole likes to call them. Uh, yeah, so Bray Wyatt had a match with Apollo Cruz. I only mention this because I am still happy that we have Dana Brooke <laughs> with the glasses and the pantsuit. How terrified she was of Bray, and how about, she how about her, off the no, apron. No, but how about her doing the worldwide thing with Titus? At oh, the oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. What that's an entrance. What, that's what I was popping about. What, what an entrance. About. So good. I'm, I'm happy that they're still doing this. I don't know if she's ever going to have good matches. I don't know if she's ever going to rise to anything above this. But at the very least, when she comes out, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, because as long as she's on te- people on television, because that's that's one of Vince Russo's gripes, because mm-hmm. he talked about that on the Attitude Era. Like, you might not have had a match, but you were on TV, people saw you, and that was the, that was the most important thing. And this works for Dana Brooke. This is I love this. Cause my brother even texted me this <laughs> text me yesterday, saying. I so, remember on the hundredth episode when I mentioned it, he yeah. was like, "I didn't see it, but that sounds yeah." Awesome. <laughs> so he finally saw he saw what happened on Raw. He was like. Oh man, this is great. I can relate. I have my own statistician at work. So this is perfect. <laughs> what? They designed that character with the baby face Ronald yeah, Lloyd in mind. Yeah, the clipboard and everything. Like, this is great. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, we got another Woken Matt vignette that seemed to freak Bray Wyatt out once again. 
I I'm sorry. I have to, I don't know if anybody liked this or hated it, but when he was laughing and yes, I loved it. <laughs> on the screen, I couldn't I couldn't get enough of it. I, I loved it. it was hysterical. And the fact that Lisa like Bray's faces, he's like, oh my god, what, like what is this guy? Because he couldn't even believe. It. Yeah, I do enjoy that. I don't know what this is going to turn out to be. I know I've heard the rumor of this is going to happen at the Wyatt compound. Who knows if that's where it's going to go? Who knows if they're going to do it well? But. I'm happy that we're getting this version of Matt Hardy, and I'm happy that we're getting like something that matters to some degree with Bray Wyatt. Do you have any thoughts on what John Cena's dad said about him? That it's not going to work. He was so like, I don't know what he said. I just saw the headline, and I was like, I don't need to. I really don't need to read John Cena's dad's opinion. Yeah, him. the headline was like, uh, like been there, done that. Yeah, but like it's not like it ran its course and people didn't like it anymore. And it's a whole different audience. It's a different audience, and the people that saw it originally, I'm sure, still want to see it. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying it when it was happening to begin with, and I'm happy that it's happening again. So uh, to me, the been there, done that thing is pretty stupid. Yeah, and then my f- my favorite Instagram account, uh, putting fuel to the fire, John Cena, putting, <laughs> putting a picture of Broken Matt up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this this... It may not work, but it's not going to be because of been there and done that. It's not going to work because it's not being written properly. Or it's not being given, like, the proper treatment. It has nothing to do with the fact that they already did it somewhere else. I feel so bad because it's not going to be as cool when Jeff comes back. Like, I'm not really going to care about it. Yeah, like, is he going to be Brother Nero and all that? Like, yeah, He's uh, dug his gear up. Hmm. So I assume he'll be Brother Nero. But, like, <clears throat> do they go after the tag titles is that a thing like, i'm sure that they like will. what what would they do together that you know if i was matt hardy i'd be pitching like nah just let him chill for a little <laughs> bit. Nah, let him do that or send him to smack <laughs> or send him to smackdown the next yeah. shake up they might do that i don't know it, it's still early on in this i still have at least somewhat high hopes for it my only complaint is if i don't see king maxwell on wwe i feel like you have to you have to at least once yeah, I, I can't imagine that they won't go full on with it. I need Maxwell pinning Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I would I would love that. Uh, it wouldn't be worse than any other treatment he's gotten yeah. in the last two years. And then I need so. and after that I need Maxwell doing delete because that's the <laughs> cutest thing. Dude. I do think that we will see it. Anything else from Raw? Anybody thinks we need to talk about? <clears throat> no, I think that's it. I, it was a solid Raw. You know, I had a good forty five minutes. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> solid is a good way to put it. Uh, I thought it was better than SmackDown this week. I just don't feel like there was a whole lot that happened on SmackDown, really. Apparently, I missed the best part. So, I didn't I didn't watch did the tag miss? match. Oh, okay. Uh, well, the WWE Championship is now involving Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, <coughs> Sami Zayn, and AJ Styles. So, that's like half of the show right there is just devoted to this. Um, Look at these McMahons here. <laughs> listen, listen here, Pash. You see, Shane? <laughs> um, another week of tension between Shane and Daniel Bryan, as we know, is going to continue to happen. Um, they had a match. Uh, well, Sami Zayn had a match with AJ Styles with everybody else ringside. Fun um, match. Very fun match. Sami Zayn got a big win over AJ Styles, so now... The uh, Sammy and Kevin show has back-to-back weeks defeated the WWE champion. Yes. And now yep. we, now we yes. have a handicap match with AJ Styles. Sammy Cell. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> At the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Will this handicap match rival the Brock Cena-Seth triple threat 
at the Rumble two years ago? Well, it's handicapped, not triple threat. But will it rival it in like? But is it? I feel like they said the wrong thing. That's just me. Well, no matter what, no matter what, I created either match, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. So thank you, Brian Gerard James. <laughs> well, he should be thanking us. Oh yeah. <laughs> He might he might be one of those um, anonymous iTunes reviewers we actually got. Probably, probably is. But I'm not sure because since the since the whole handicap element. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, this is still going to be about about um, Shane and Brian. I was shocked Brian was the one that actually made the match. Like I said, put in AJ, put in AJ and two on on uh, two on one. That was a bit of an odd dynamic. Cause like, huh? Brian really, Brian really did that. Even though AJ issued the challenge for it, I was, I was really shocked that happened. But it's still going to be all about Shane and Brian. Cause I think AJ's still going to win. I just think Shane's going to be the one costing um, Owens and Sammy the match that to, to continue that whole story of Shane costing. Well, trying to get, trying to like get under the skin of Owens and Sammy. Yeah, I uh, so I have to admit I did not retain a ton of SmackDown. On Monday, I did not. I made the mistake of not watching Raw. I was still recovering from my New Year's Eve on New Year's Day. Peak um, gas. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, peak gas. It, it was. Um, I made the mistake of yeah waiting till Tuesday to watch Raw, and then I was watching SmackDown right after having watched Raw. So it was like way too much all at once. Uh, I am. Excited for this match? Do you think there's any chance this will be like an early match of the year contender? Yes. Alo. If it was a triple threat, yes. But since it's handicapped, no. So we won't have this on our board for the entire 12 months of 2018. No. I don't think. Will it be better than the Raw triple threat match? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, and Sammy and Kevin are both great. <laughs> I'm glad that they're getting to shine. Uh, United States Championship Tournament. We only had one match. Uh, Xavier Woods against Aiden English. Did anybody else pop for Rusev blowing out Xavier's candle? <laughs> yes. I Did, popped for everything that had to do with Rusev Day. <laughs> Did you pop when Rusev took the mic from Woods? I mean, not from um, Aiden. Yes. I, so good. It's sung the song. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, Rusev pretty much is is guaranteed gold at this point. Yeah, and Ron, I'm I'm on the train for Xavier Woods being one of the most underrated in-ring workers in WWE. He's so good. He really is. He's great on the mic, obviously. He's a great performer in that, like, he's always in character. He's always doing something. And then, yeah, like, his in-ring work, I think, is not nearly appreciated enough. And I would love to see him win the United States Championship. I don't think he's going to, but I think it would be great. I called for this, God, two years ago. Do you remember this, Alo, when the the New Day, I thought there was like a chance they might turn like legit evil when John Cena said they need to take mm-hmm. things more seriously, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they decimated Dolph Ziggler, and they came after the U.S. title. They didn't win it. I would love to see Aiden English, or I would love to see Xavier Woods win it. Does anybody think he has any chance to win it? Anybody think he beats Jinder next week? No. No. I, I really no. want him to. Jinder is the next U.S. champ. I, I think it's Jinder or Rude, but I think it ended up being Bobby Rude, and then you probably get Ziggler coming back. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Prep, your boy Zack Ryder against Mojo next week. Who? <laughs> I mean, obviously. Is there any chance they give it to Mojo? <clears throat> the title? Mm-hmm. Not after that promo he cut on Tuesday. 
So no. See, I think I no, just feel like they love awful. him. He's so bad. I agree, but I, I know feel like I, they I love know him. I started the campaign for Mojo for WWE Champ, but that promo is terrible. <laughs> so the campaign has ended. The campaign has ended. <laughs> Zack Ryder sucks. How does, <laughs> how does Kurt Hawkins have a shirt before you, bum? <laughs> you suck. Go away. No, I don't Just know. go away. How long has he been there? Zack Ryder? Like 10 years. Over 10 years. He sucked for 10 years. <laughs> the YouTube show sucks. Zack Ryder sucking for 10 years. Watch my YouTube movie. channel, you jerk. <laughs> Learn Check a out. few things. Check out other people's figures collection. Yeah, you bum. <laughs> you just have money. If I had money, I'd buy figures too. <laughs> you idiot. I hate you. <laughs> Your girl's ugly. You missed out on Emma. Stupid. Well, he didn't. He didn't miss out. Prep. Well, that worked out for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for bookings, contact me at mattmadnessprep <laughs> at gmail dot com. Zach Ryder, you suck. I so, hate you. So Zach, not Zach Ryder. For not you Zach team. Ryder. Um, I do kind of think it is going to be Jinder that wins it. Yeah. Um, Better than Zach Ryder. I don't care what laugh says. <laughs> uh. Not at all. No, he does like Zack Ryder. He's 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 been on board with that for a while. Yeah, I bet they got the um, same hairstyle. <laughs> Tag team championships. <laughs> we had another match with American Alpha Two versus the Usos. It appeared very briefly that American Alpha Two won the tag team titles, but we had a bit of a dusty finish. The Usos ended up retaining. Prep. I know you said you missed this. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed. I heard I. Was, Twitter kind of responded really well to this, too. Was Did I miss anything good, do you think? It was a good match. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was like anything. They said it was quick, right? Yeah. It was really quick. It wasn't anything like out of the ordinary or exceptional. It was good, though. I mean, the Usos are great. Like I think we kind of all know that. And <clears throat> Benjamin and Gable are both great as well. I think that they shine in the ring together. I think this is like another two teams that are going to have some really good matches together. Um, I'm happy that the Usos have retained. But now this gives uh, Gable and Benjamin reason to keep coming after the title. Uh, Alo, your thoughts on this? Yeah, like, <clears throat> like we just hit on the match was pretty quick because I was a little late getting to the match, but I, I did see the entrance, and then when I got back to the television, it was basically over. But like you said, this does give them something else to go to go off of. The, hey, well, this happened. He wasn't legal, so we. Still deserve a rematch, but I do think American Alpha 2 will end up winning the tag team titles from the Usos. And I really do want a longer match between these two because the Fatal 4-Way at Clash of Champions was great. This match was good for what it was, and I think with more time, they'll actually tear the house down in Philly, if that's the match. But I do think that will end up being the match. To me, Prep, this was like the appetizer for the main course we're going to get at the next time they face each other. Uh, The Bludgeon Brothers killed Brazongo again. I don't know where this is going. Uh, anybody with any thoughts on where this is going? Anywhere good? Nope. No. Didn't, didn't the Ascension to try it. to help them this time? So that was yeah. a bit odd because we thought Ascension would end up turning them because they volunteered Brazongo for the match. That's what I assumed, and I thought, okay, well, this will be this will at least be funny. But, yeah, I don't know where it's going now. I have no idea. Uh, women's division, we had the Riot Squad defeating Tamina, Natty, and Carmella. <laughs> Uh, we had Charlotte and Naomi bringing back Becky. Are you guys happy to see Becky Lynch back in the fold? Yeah, she was, she was looking pretty. I missed her. <laughs> Charlotte, cute dancing, but 
are all I'm assuming all these all what nine of these women are going to be in the Rumble. Yeah, and that's it's been announced as 30 women Royal Rumble. Yeah, and there's already 15 declared. So we got 15 more spots after Tuesday. So do we know who the 15 declared are? It's these nine, I guess. Or are they not all declared yet? Yeah, every basically the whole everybody we saw now. this, yeah, everybody we saw this week on TV except so, Alexa. <laughs> So who that's not declared yet do you think will be declared by the time we get there? Like, who do you think some of the other 15 could be? Well, uh, well she's on the active roster, so, of course, she'll, Captain Fox will be here. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Nikki Bella, but I don't know what her condition is at this point. Um, I'm sure you'll get that Ronda Rousey name dropped in there sometime, if not a surprise. And... I know they. I know they. Of course, you're hearing the contact and Lita and Trish and all this other stuff. I. I really. I don't want both of them in there. I like one, but because that kind of like takes away like a lot of their whole mystique about themselves. Like and they just get tossed over the top rope and they're not going to be there the next night. I'm, I'm not a. Big, I've always been a big fan of Legends in the Rumble like that. Um, and then I know the report was most of the spots will get filled out by NXT talent. So I, you'll. I'm sure you'll see iconic. Um, Maybe Ember Moon, and I'm not even sure how much Nikki Cross. Hopefully, I would love to see Nikki Cross in there. And I'm not, <clears throat> I think I think San, I think Sandy's due for a call up, but I'm not sure who you actually. I'm not sure who you actually see off the top of my head. Anybody have any other thoughts on who's going to win it? Has anybody kind of changed gears at all with who the winner is going to be? No, I, I have no idea. Because yeah, my pick was Paige or Oscar, but I think Oscar may end up challenging Alexa for the title. I just don't know if it's going to be on Raw or, or at the Rumble, so those two might get flip-flopped. Because I think the title may change hands probably because Alexa has been asking Nia about the Women's Royal Rumble. So you kind of have to assume that that match, those two are going to flip-flop spots. And I'm up in the air now if that happens because we all want Sasha to win because it's like she's been like kind of face of this, like, this whole, like, broken kayfabe thing, I'm happy to be here thing. She's been kind of like the face of that. Yeah. And I would love to see, love to see her win, and Charlotte's not in it, so you got to say, oh, who else, is, who else would it be? But my pick, my picks were Paige and Asuka, and I'm kind of shying to Sasha right, Sasha right now, so I'm kind of between Sasha and Paige. My feeling <clears throat> would be, I think it would be great to have Asuka win the women's title at the Rumble, have Paige win the Rumble, and then you have... Paige and her crew giving her a chance to beat Asuka. Because I think, like, who is the one person, although maybe not, because it's probably going to be another Fatal 4-Way or Fatal 5-Way or whatever for the, both both of the women's championships well, the, the, again. Well, uh, no, you're the, guaranteed a title shot at Mania. Yeah, I, no, I yeah, think the true. one is definitely, whoever wins, whatever brand wins is definitely the one-on-one match. Okay, yeah. so then if, if Asuka's the champion, there's nobody really other than Nia Jax who'll be able to sell as somebody who could beat her. Well, it, well, since you know how Vince is, but I, no matter who you put versus Asuka as a money match, but I think the money match is Asuka versus Sasha. You can also do. You can also see Paige or whatever. Paige hasn't been around for a long time, but I think a match that nobody's ever seen and really would actually look forward to. And your best match from an in-ring perspective will be Oscar versus Sasha. And then you know how you know how WWE like to like to like sell things with Sasha. Like oh, the the, the Brooklyn Curse. Remember, remember that SummerSlam with the whole Brooklyn Curse. Oh, the yeah. WrestleMania Curse. She hasn't won the women's. She said she hasn't won the women's title at WrestleMania. The WrestleMania Curse. St- dumb stuff like that. I can see that happening too. Yeah, I could see it also. Um, anything else from SmackDown anybody wants to mention? 
Like That's I said, it? I, I didn't have a whole lot from SmackDown. Not a lot happened. The Daniel Bryan, Shane, AJ, oh, yeah, Owens, yeah, that took up like most of the show. Yeah, that was a half hour, half hour segment. Like the main event thing, that took a half mm-hmm. hour. Yeah, Sammy's entrance was great again. Oh, <laughs> as always. I love, so I, I've said this a few times on the show, how much I admire that he was a masked wrestler all that time. But he's so good at using his face. Um, I really admire the fact that, like, he kind of had an obnoxious, overly happy character to begin with, like, always dancing, coming out and coming to the ring. I love that he's been able to take that to another level and make it the complete opposite of what it originally was. I really admire that. Yeah, those are my two favorite things. Like, when somebody goes from one character to another, like with Neville. Neville had, like, that face, like, superhero-style character, and he would run to the ring, and he'd run up on the ropes and put his hands up. But when he was the king of the cruiserweights and he became heel, he would, like, walk slowly, methodical to the front, jump in the ring, and then act like he's going to go on the turnbuckle. I love that. So it's either, like, you totally switch it or you just, like, turn it up to 100 like what Sammy does. He gets real excited and he's jumping around all – like – how does Kevin Owens keep, like, a straight face? Like, the only thing I could think is, like, they've known each other so long, Kevin's like, there goes Sammy again. Like, that's the <laughs> only thing I could think. And I feel like that's how a lot of those guys look at him. And when he points <laughs> to himself. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I thoroughly admire what Sammy Zayn is doing. As a heel, I'm so happy that they did it. This is the best thing that could have happened to him. And Prep, I would not... I would not mind one bit if you saw Sami Zayn as a world champion sometime in 2018. I don't know. The guy definitely early, deserves it. Early predictions. Do we get a title change at Royal Rumble? Or are they going that Nakamura AJ route? Who? <laughs> <laughs> the guy that only does dark matches? There's only six people declared for the Rumble, and he's one of them. Yeah, Corbin declared, too, in mm-hmm. a terrible promo. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think it'll be a child. I don't think it'll be a title change. I think Shane costs um, Owens and Sammy to match. As of right now, yeah, I don't see a title change, but that that may change in the next two weeks before we get there. See Shane again, making it all about himself. <laughs> so by the time this episode is uploaded and available to be listened to, uh, we will be probably getting just about into Wrestle Kingdom twelve, which we obviously don't talk much about New Japan on this show. Um, but prep, you're wearing the Alpha Club T-shirt as we sit here. Chris Jericho going against Kenny Omega in a very much anticipated match. No disqualification. No disqualification. Is there any chance Jericho wins this match? Uh, yes. Do you think he's because li- I don't know enough to say whether he's likely to win or not. <clears throat> New Japan will be dumb not to continue this. They sold thirty thousand tickets already. Did they really? Mm-hmm. I know you were watching him promote the show on Instagram Live. <laughs> yes, trolling hard. <laughs> trolling real hard. People came all the way from Philadelphia. So. Yeah, did you <laughs> yeah, I, um. You know I, who you are. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I don't follow it to actually give a, like, a expert prediction, but yeah. it'll be fun. Are you going to watch it? I won't get to it till the weekend. Yeah, there's like part of me that because it's Jericho, I want to watch it tonight. But like, I can't be up that late. 
or I can't wake up that early, however, however you want to look at it. Yeah, because for me, it's like, all right, I have to be up at 4 to get to work at 5 because in, we're in Philly and we're going to get some snow. So you may maybe. catch some because you have to wake up that early. You may be actually actually catch that match. Yeah, I pro- I'll probably watch like at least the first hour. I probably won't get to the match because that's a five hour show. Mm-hmm. Talking three o'clock, the main event doesn't go on till eight unless I go to the bathroom. And maybe I'll be able to watch it at work tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they post it right away too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Jericho. You mentioned there was a little bit of heat on Jericho. And the godfather of the podcast, Joe Laugh, mentioned it to me that he said that he was dedicating the match to Chris Benoit. So when I when Laugh first told me, I was like, "Are you kidding me right yeah, now?" Chris Benoit and Eddie. But yeah, he did, it's not like he came out and said, "I'm dedicating this to Chris Benoit." Somebody drew a piece of art with Jericho and then Eddie and Benoit behind him. He said, "I love this artwork. I'm going to dedicate this to some of my fallen brothers or whatever." He said. I think it's like a little bit like makes me cringe a little bit just because of how I feel about Benoit. But I think the way I'm I'm kind of justifying this, and you guys both know very well my stance on Benoit and like not wanting to really talk about him. Um, it's kind of like the way I feel about tattoos. A lot of, I know so many people that say like, oh, I never got a tattoo because you know I couldn't. I never thought of anything that like I wouldn't hate 25 years from now. And I kind of, like, bought into that for a while, the idea that, like, oh, yeah, if I get something now, I might not like it 20 years from now. But to me, that's almost part of the appeal of a tattoo is, like, 20 years from now, you might not like it anymore, but it's, like, a sign of something that you did really love at one time. And it's, like, your tattoos can almost be, like, a roadmap of your life. And I feel like this is almost like like a tattoo for Jericho in that, like, these guys both were very important to him and, like, Benoit as unfortunate and disgusting as what he did was, like, that was a guy that the time he was in Japan, his first go-around, was, like, a really important person to him, was somebody he was really close to and somebody I'm sure he associates with wrestling in Japan. So the fact that he didn't name him by name, it it, it makes it more tolerable for me. And, like, and I, I understand it. I hope that doesn't make me a hypocrite, but, like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, no... I don't... Like, he's not going out of his way to praise Chris Benoit. Yeah, it doesn't... I'm not that person who complains about stuff like that because I, I just don't seem to care too much about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I can see why people are annoyed, but, damn, he didn't kill you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, my feeling is he probably also credits Benoit as, like, part of the reason why he was able to get to where he got to. Like, they helped each other grow. Like, they were part of each other's journey. <coughs> and, yeah, so I'm not super upset about it. Um, but I think this is awesome that he's doing this. I'm very happy that he's getting to do it. If he does win, I think it's awesome that he's going to get to do it again. Um, yeah, I just think this whole thing is really cool. Just please, podcast listeners, if you've never seen New Japan and you're only tuning in to see Jericho versus Omega... Please be aware, this is not going to be a classic. This is not <laughs> your New Japan six-star match. This is just going to be something fun to see. Like, 
Jericho's gonna work the WWE style. This is an attraction. Yeah, this is an attraction. This is the Brock Lesnar spot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he'll work the WWE style. I I I expect more than that from Jericho in this match. For what he's been building, this I is do. all this is all he knows though for what the last twelve years. So I'm kinda like he's definitely gonna bleed. I know he couldn't wait to bleed. <laughs> so Thumbtacks. Mm. Out of my body. <laughs> Mitch the potted plant. <laughs> what was that plant called again? Mitch. Mitch. Mitch, that's right. Yeah, but for me, it's all about the main event. I do I'm I am excited to see Jericho. I have the shirt. Like, don't get me wrong. But for me it's about the main event. It's gonna be the crowning moment of last year's New Japan star, Tetsuya Naito. It's been a long road for that guy. Last time he won, he was supposed to be in the Tokyo Dome main event. They did some schmas and they made <laughs> sure, like, they did some va- fan vote and ended up taking the, putting his spot in the semi-main event and Nakamura <laughs> main eventing. So, like, this guy has got the short end of the stick for the last couple years. He finally built himself up with this LIJ character. Uh, Tranquilo is one of my favorite things in wrestling. (laughs) So I cannot wait to see that main event. Well, yeah, I think this is going to be cool. I mean, good for New Japan. I think feel like this event gets bigger and bigger every year. I feel like they're getting, they're like really pushing further and further into like mainstream media. Yeah. yeah, Like they're, they're really getting there. Obviously, I don't foresee any time. In the next like five years, them being legitimate competition for WWE, they don't have to. No, they don't. They're they don't have to thing. be. I I don't know why people like think about that so much. Like nobody has to be. It's just like they have their fans. WWE has their fans, and then there's crossover fans on either side. Like yeah. people shouldn't focus so much on. Oh well, New Japan's never going to be WWE. New Japan's not trying to be it WWE. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. And yeah. they're doing just fine not being yeah. WWE. And Japan's big enough where they don't even like WWE. Who? They don't even Japan's need it. Japan's big yeah. enough. Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons why I think people do that. One, it's easy to do, and I think especially older wrestling fans are used to doing that because they had to compare WWF and WCW. And then I think there's a segment of the wrestling fan population. That is dying for someone to compete with WWE because they think WWE needs to be pushed. But, like, you're you're totally right that they're two totally different uh, presentations of professional wrestling that really don't overlap all that much. Other than they both take place in a square ring with ropes and turnbuckles. Mm-hmm. Although even the turnbuckles are different. Yeah, the <laughs> ring is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love it. Yeah. Do we have any listener questions? Quick, have you guys seen the mixed match challenge combinations? It's only two so far. <laughs> I've seen a couple. I saw it's, it's only two. Charlotte the first promo is great. Oh, the, you, see, you see the promo, the, um, the the segment with Braun and Alexa? No. Oh, so good. The so only good. segment I saw was the segment of Asuka and Goldust. Oh man, because the Braun and Alexa one came out today. It was great, and um, I haven't watched Charlotte and Bobby Roode yet, but I'm just I want to see that entrance. Mm-hmm. Because they both wear the robes. I would mm-hmm. love to see how that entrance comes out if they come out together. Because I yeah. think it would actually look work very well. It, it, that's a very smart combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I think um, it, it's like a cool, like, 
side project that I think they're doing. Yeah, and I want I want Sasha or Bailey with Finn Balor because I want to see one of them do his entrance. I'm hoping <laughs> that it's gonna be Bailey. Right? I think it has. It to has be to be. Yo, those NXT you videos. Think Rich Homie Swan is gonna come back to tag <laughs> with Sasha Banks. <laughs> nah, he needs an Asian girl. True, he does. Yeah, I, I do think this is gonna be fun though. Uh, listener questions. Yes, we have a <laughs> a complaint from the Godfather podcast, Joel. Okay. <laughs> Should I do this in laugh voice? I'm gonna put my feet up. Go for it. <clears throat> I watch more Raw this week than normal. <laughs> Reigns and Joe were very good. The Lesnar and Kane segment was not. <laughs> It was not. Reigns and Joe should have been for the main title. My title. <laughs> and should have closed the show and sent the fans home, please. I watched more SmackDown and the tag teams continue to deliver. Do you believe that the matches will see... Re- Do you believe that the both matches will see a rematch at the Rumble? Reigns and Joe and Gable versus... Well, yeah, Reigns versus Joe and Gable and Benjamin versus Usos. Will the Rumble match suck again as it has in recent memory? Three, what goes on last? Rumble with a Cena victory. Or we have embraced Cena. Spoiler alert, I will boo that as I booed Reigns and Rocky (laughs) because Brian should have won that year. (laughs) I do think that those two matches he specified, the SmackDown tag match and it was the Intercontinental Championship match, right? I do think that we will see those again. Um, I don't think that's going to be the end of the line for either of those two feuds. I really don't know. I can't really make a good, good, honest judgment on what I think the Rumble match will be because I have no idea who's going to win. Like, Cena's the favorite. Yeah, Philadelphia will boo the hell out of that. Will we, though? Well, we won't. Yeah, people like us would not, but I think the Philadelphia crowd at large will boo that. Yeah, my well, my pick. Well, it's not ruined yet because we've seen people who were in matches prior to the Rumble match go into the Rumble right. match. So my pick is Braun, but really and truly, I just want him to win the title now. <laughs> Me <so>. too. <laughs> so do I. And if anything, we know that this Rumble is going to be way better than last year's because last year just focused on Taker, William, and Brock, and that was no fun. No, it wasn't so. fun at all. And Randy Orton won, which I can't think of much more of a boring winner than that. <clears throat> well, it might happen again. Ugh, it better not. I, I think I figured out a way for you to like Randy Orton. Well, for him to leave? <laughs> like Even better. What? If he wrestled Donald Trump. Uh, okay, I would be on his side <laughs> if that happened. I would definitely be a Randy Orton mark if that match was booked. Yes. Um, I'd be waiting for the RKO with bated breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I guess if Cena's gonna win, I mean that could be fun. Like Cena's really. When's the last time he held the world title? Last year. Last, last year. year. A year ago, how long? A week and a half. Yeah, it was a week and a half. Okay, mm-hmm. and before that, it was a pretty long time. Yeah, it was a couple years. Like we are eventually going to get him breaking the the record of sixteen world titles. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think the the match is going to suck though because I just think the the level of talent that they do have is too good. Um, what do you guys think about the the two matches getting rematches? Yeah, those matches will be matches, I believe. I'm not 
Well, the tag title match, I'm sure. The IC title match, I'm not completely 100% sold on. Um, Cena winning, he's the favorite. I don't have a hands-on favorite right now, personally, other than Nakamura, because they want to b- build that whole WrestleMania thing, him versus AJ, because they've shot away, to, uh, shot away from that purposely. They want to make WrestleMania Wrestle Kingdom 13? Yep. That's what, they, that's what Vince likes to do. <laughs> and uh, what goes on last at the Rumble? The Rumble match, typically. Yeah, I think that will definitely be last. Yep. And that's it for questions. All right. Once again, I'm not going to do a big production for this. Uh, we haven't done it unsanctioned in a while. Um, so, LeBron James, if you're available, the throne is waiting. I will invite you every week until you do the show. I am relentless, as everyone knows. Uh, so, King James, like I said, uh, I'm waiting for your arrival. Whether I have to go to Cleveland, whether you want to come here, whether you want me to go to some other city, maybe out in Los Angeles, wherever it is, I am available to record unsanctioned with LeBron James. Um, listen to Falls Count Anywhere. Listen to The Perfect Edge. Go back and listen to our previous unsanctions, our throwbacks. We have the Rumble 95 that will be coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, Five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. As Alo mentioned, we just got two new five-star ratings. Uh, We're waiting for yours, too, if you haven't done it yet. Uh, Alo, would you like to move some merch before we get out of here? Yes, once again, if you want to embrace the match, you do so at watermaneuver.net and head over to colonumber.com where they have 50% off select styles. You can also use promo code MADNESS for an extra 10% off your order. Prep? So I have another <laughs> vlog edited and ready to go, but vlog number two hasn't hit 100 views yet. <laughs> You're waiting for I'm that? I'm eight views away, so if anybody hasn't checked, you can go to my Instagram, click the link in the bio, and watch the vlog. It was a lot of fun to do, and you know everybody that I know has enjoyed it. So I'm ready to put out the next one as soon as you guys get that number two two. 100 views. I will tweet the link tomorrow morning when I tweet the uh, the podcast link. We will hit 100 by the end of, before the end of the day tomorrow, I assure you. Uh, so that is the show this week for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. We call him Alo. The, the ladies, ladies call, call him Balo. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the pump handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't shake the land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.